I keep time pressed away in my notebooks and on the backs of napkins. The color of a person's hair, the smile on a dog's face, the name of a vegan breakfast place I plan to take him to. Sitting in small victory on the corner of Homer, the smell of a man's cologne puts me back in Italy, 2009, when I stood on the edge of Capri, downwind from the perfumery. I draw suns and flowers in the corners of my pages, and I know in this way, at that time, May of 2016, it was an unusually warm spring. You're listening to Play on Words on CFUV 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the Husanich and Songhees territories of the Sanchothan and the Kwangan-speaking peoples, also known as Victoria. I would definitely choose the future. I think I have a bit of a future orientation in general. Um, I like dystopian fiction. I like imagining how the ways that we think now and our current conditions will lead us to a particular place in the future and where, you know, imagining different alternative futures is exciting to me. No question the future because I think the 20s are pretty painful and I'm now in my 30s, which is like a blissful place to be. And I feel like a lot of that comes from just financial security. And so, no, I would have no interest in going back to scraping by. Definitely the future. Um, I think, you know, the future is unknown where the past is already known. You know, obviously there's these uh, gaps in the past that people are curious about, but I think um, everything from the past is goes into forming what the future may be. Plus, I think, yeah, I think the past, sometimes we romanticize the past, but I think the past is quite often not all that great. <laughs> and maybe there's just some inherent optimism in that, you know, that, that things will, are somehow getting better even though all evidence seems to point to the contrary sometimes Mm. that's such an interesting question Um, because you can learn a lot about what motivates a person Um, so going into the future might say about someone that they're you know more curious or afraid even Um, of where their life is going, so they want to jump ahead and see what's happening for them. If you're given what you know about the past already, those who may want to go back might be wanting to do so because, you know, they they might approach it with a kind of valor almost, like knowing all the wrongs that have happened, going back to try and correct them, which is an interesting position. Um, personally, I think, given what I just said, I would want to go into the future because I have so much right now to lose that I just wouldn't be willing to risk it going into the past. (laughs) If you could choose whether you were to travel into the past or into the future... Which would you pick and why? Neither. 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 No. Someone who really is present. I'm trying my best, but no, this is a good place to be at the moment, yeah. For this episode of Play on Words, we are discussing time. We wanted to find out how our relationship with time impacts our perspectives and ways of living. Throughout these discussions, I began to notice the language around time. We have time, we spend time, we keep time, we reminisce about the good times, and we hope for better times. We kill time when we're bored, and we frantically struggle to finish tasks before time runs out. For this episode, we invite you to come and explore the different ways we all relate to time. There are these moments of time when it's going slow, when it's like you're floating on a lake, in summer or something and you never want that to end 
Yeah, but it's like, you know, sometimes you're having fun and time is moving really fast. Yeah. But like in those moments, I feel like when you like the whole world is like just slows yeah. around you. Yeah. And there's that moment of like serenity. Yeah. And that moment of peacefulness and almost feels like the world is stopped spinning or like is just going way slower. And that's like a really nice feeling. But generally, if time is moving slower, it's because it's like I'm doing something painful. <laughs> Depending on what I'm doing at work, it's nice when you're really busy. I'm sure, like, everybody can relate to, like, when you're really busy, it goes by really fast. Um, But when there's nothing to do, it just goes by really slow. And then when I'm in low moods, like, depressed, like, episodes, everything goes by so slowly. Um, So I think my preference would be it going by fast and, like, keeping busy and... But then you like don't even know where March went, so I don't know. Yeah, I think in like those moments where like you don't have to have your like a time, like you're just like able to let go of it. No watch, and no like phone. it doesn't matter if it's going fast or slow. You're just like whatever the day be is, it'll be <laughs> like wherever mm-hmm. I am when I'll eat when I'm hungry, and like those that's and that's usually like summertime. You don't get always those same options in the winter I feel like being outside you kind of get to like forget about time a little bit isn't in the sun and yeah I, I I seldom ever check the time unless I have an appointment or something like I need to get to that I don't already know that I'm getting to it like a bus or something um so yeah I don't follow time throughout the day I I think it helps me get through it faster because I'm not watching the clock it's like watching paint dry right yeah so when I think of time the first thing that kind of comes to me is like brown time because that's like a common term that I use because I'm usually about two hours late for things just this kind of idea that time is really different in different cultures Mm -hmm. and the first time I encountered this idea, um, maybe like outside of my personal experience, was when I met a friend of mine from South Africa and she was commenting on how fast everyone walks here and it was just (laughs) unconscious, like I never thought about it and then I started to walk slower and like notice more things around me. Um, So even though like maybe it took up more time, it was like a different way of relating to the world i feel like it becomes a bad habit actually to watch time i love especially working overnight shifts i love seeing like i peek out at 4 a.m and i'm like it's coming the sun's coming and the birds are waking up yeah and and the colors are changing and everything's dew is like like, still there everyone's days are just about to unfold and like i love those like early morning yeah i love that i feel like there's so much opportunity and then I love night times too, like that when it's that dusk, that transition of it, and you're just like, it's done. The day is done. Or like mm-hmm. there's like that quietness as well in night that mm-hmm. there's something magical about that. Just the silence of silence of early morning and late nights. They make me all happy. I love the like transitions. Mm. Like I love watching the earth change as the sun comes up or goes down. Um, the morning time is a really hard time for me because it's when I feel all of that pressure about what I'm going to do in that day. Like first thing in the morning when I wake up, it's like I have to work really hard to like take that time to just wake up because I'm just thinking about the billions of things that I should be doing in that time of 24 hours. So like first thing in the morning is not easy, but then yeah, like when it transitions, everything slows down. And I'm like, I just always feel like no matter what is happening in my life, I can take the time to watch the sunrise or the sunset. Like, yeah. it's worth it for me every single time. Every single time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I yeah, love those that. parts of the time are really special to me. Yeah, I think a lot about, especially recently, just about, especially working with kids. Um, and to them, like 50, I'll be like, oh, uh, we'll do this in a half hour. They're like, that's so long. And to me, it's not. But then to them, like relative to their life and what they're waiting for or whatever it's like it does feel like a long time and then you remember when you were a kid and it was like an hour long drive was like so long but now an hour is like nothing 
You stare at a wall for an hour. I feel like sometimes like time makes me so anxious. Like if there is a day when like I have a lot going on, it's oh like I'm like mapping out the exact hours of like I need to be here by then. I need to do this by mm-hmm. then. And if I'm not by this, then 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 I'm behind. And then then I'm behind. And then I can't do this or like I have to cut things out. And it's like yeah, to think about it in different ways to be like I appreciate in those moments if I had a little bit more time, a little t- slower time. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, and I wonder, does time actually move more quickly when your heart is beating faster? Does it slow down when your heart slows down? Like, is time some fixed external thing, or is it our experience of it? I think slow down time. It's already going too fast in my opinion, so I would like it to go in the opposite direction. Yeah, just more time for things you want to do. I would probably stop time. just go around the city more or like do my assignment than just uh, keep going. Um, yeah, if I, if I can stop there, I'll probably travel. Just go around the world. Just do anything, really. Just to just enjoy the life more, taking the, taking the life I'm experiencing. So that, that's what I would do. It's interesting that like a question about time can be an entry point into how, what someone's thinking about mm-hmm. kind of in the now. I'm, I'm, I'm finding that my experience of time right now is really different. Than, well, it's different this semester than it was last semester. I'm giving myself a lot more freedom to take time that, or to experience time in a more fluid or relaxed or somehow languid way than... Um, I don't know. I think it, it almost feels like part of me just ha- has stopped forcing myself to hurry, you know, or stopped stopped worrying. Because I think you reach a level where your body physiologically just can't do it anymore, right? Like you you can't live in that in that state of like time pressure all the time, and so. Yeah, there's a little bit, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, I actually think that it's really helpful because I find myself having more conversations with people, genuine conversations and genuine connections and having more of those in-between moments with people that normally you're too busy and you know, there's always a task to complete or another reading to do, or I, I have somehow accessed this place where I'm, I'm, I'm aware that there's things to do and I trust that they're going to get done, but I'm not allowing them to, um, dominate my life in the, in the now. And that's a really great space. I wonder how long that will last. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we all go through rhythms, right? We go through rhythms. And it's our experience of life is not always the same. It changes like day to day, week to week, month to month. I would say very unpro- unproductive ways of spending, spending time. Um, I, I really enjoy spending my time in nature mm-hmm. and just like being really slow, like going about my movement slowly and like just trying to like pick up little details. You know what? My favorite way of spending time is probably with my spouse. Um, just something as simple as being out for dinner, just the two of us has become a real luxury. I think I, when I'm spending time the way I want to, I find it energizing and I come out of it with lots of energy. When I'm spending time, you know, doing a cognitively challenging task or an emotionally challenging thing, it's draining. So I think that balance becomes important because you need to recharge your batteries to get you ready to then take on the the draining ways that you spend your time. That's for me how it plays out. Yeah, and, like, I started definitely, like, in between shifts or in between chores or whatever, like, stopping at the ocean going for a walk. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I don't need that big chunk of time, but I can stop for 20 minutes and sit and watch the ocean and just be, like, mesmerized. Here we are standing at the bus stop, which 
is sort of a <laughs> I mean you could call it a waste of time but <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you what do you do at the bus stop how do you make the time pass um I sit down and stare off into space for <laughs> 20 minutes yeah. uh no it depends on the day some days I'll have like a podcast uh download on like my phone or something I'll listen to that some days I have nothing prepared and I spend the time sitting in silence. <laughs> it can be nice to just sit. Like think about like what are your everyday actions showing? Yeah. What are they doing? What are you valuing with how you're spending your time? Because yeah. it's like why spend 40 years of your life with, without that intention, without yeah. that, that drive? Thinking like, without, you'll get there. Yeah. I'll get to do it someday. Yeah. Like, why? One day I'll be there. And these sparse words are all that I have And the simple melody transforms The chaos and the love Chaos and the love Chaos and the love What kinds of ways do you track time or perceive the, the passage of time that may not just be on the face of a clock? I think the moon, the, the phases of the moon. And it's so strange how many times I look up at the moon and, I'm, and I go, oh, it's full again. You know, it seemed like it was just a couple of days ago that it was full. And then you realize how much, how easy it is to lose track of the passage of time. And I actually had a really amazing experience of time when I walked the Camino in Spain the pilgrimage route in the north of Spain because you're on the road every day and that is your job that's your entire life is to get up when the sun is behind you in the east and walk to the towards the west and the sun you know when you finish your your day the sun is in front of you and and I remember very vividly the the phases of the moon during that time because it was the time in my life that I was outside the most. I'd never been outside that much except for maybe when I was a child in the summers. And yeah, that was a wonderful way of marking time. Uh, like everything's like sleep. Mm. Like how much time do I have to sleep before I have to do something? I feel like that's like everything for time for me is related to sleeping. So potentially a weird genetic quirk in my family is some of us are able to visualize time in a bizarrely accurate way. So I could tell you, for instance, something happened on a Monday 20 years ago, and I'll just remember that it was a Monday. I might remember it was three o'clock. And that's something certain members of my family have, and we don't know why. Um, and it's it's sometimes useful. It's sometimes contentious when you know, you said, well, no, that was absolutely a Thursday and this is what happened. So I think the way that that plays out is time is almost part of how my brain works. And so I surround myself by clocks. I, my brain, I visualize calendars all of the time <laughs> and I place everything I do. It's visually tracked on a calendar in my head. So Time is a bizarre, has a bizarre uh, part of the way my cognitive train of thought works. Thinking back on like how I gauge time to a lot of it is through like my lows and highs um, within years. And sometimes that goes by seasons, but sometimes, I mean, February is always just a write off. Yeah, time's weird. Just relative to you and you aging a year is just less and less and less mm -hmm. and thinking back was, like I was saying with the kids like 15 minutes but even when you were a kid like a year was so long yeah. and now it's like years just go by and I can't even gauge things in months anymore I don't think because it's just just goes yeah I feel like the older I get I gauge things by oh this year I did this where when you're younger you're like Today I did this. Yeah. Yeah. So as you get older, like the trend that you've noticed, do you have more time in each day then? 
Uh, yeah, as I've gotten older from a kid to now, I feel like my days have become a lot longer. I guess I'm more aware of the, like the physical, like aspect of time, like each individual second, I'm more aware of it now that I'm older, but, uh, ever since I was a kid and even nowadays, I still also use like just how I feel. So yeah, it, it's, it has gotten longer. What about, what about you? What ways do you mark time or notice time? Well, it's funny you mentioned the moon because as a New Year's resolution this year, my partner and I decided that we wanted to find some sort of natural pattern in the world to, um, to follow over the course of the new year and to find some way to bring that into the patterning of our own lives. Um, and we chose the moon as a cycle to follow on a monthly basis and to select words at each quarter of the cycle um, that were speaking to us for whatever reason, sharing those words with each other, and then each writing a poem based on those words at the end of the month. Um, wow. to That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's been really neat. Um, we're not always... <laughs> Uh, finishing things on time with the lunar cycle, but <laughs> um, we're trying to keep up with the moon. Um, and yeah, it's just been a really neat way to remind ourselves that there are these other other clocks out there that um, yeah. that we can we can model yeah. certain parts of our own life off of. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that was neat that you mentioned the moon because. That's amazing. It, it, that really makes me think of ritual and how important rituals are to mark passage of time and how impoverished we are around ritual in our society and kind of like, you know, westernized, like capitalist society. It's just very, yeah, it's there's an inner texture that comes with taking that time to mark a moment. As you're mentioning ritual, I'm thinking of the solstice as well. Um, specifically the winter solstice each, each December and the word solstice literally being a, a stopping of the sun um, in its lowest point in the sky um, mm. and the ritual and, and festival um, uh, our history of of solstice festivals um, based on on that moment and that would go on for weeks and kind of mm-hmm. center around this um, solar signature um, as a as a starting point um, and how I only recently learned this but how uh, Christmas historically came out of um, some of those festivals um, but has in many ways, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, come to have its own temporal dimension and it's a specific holiday and a certain days of the week that are recognized as ho- mm-hmm. holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and hours of shopping malls that are open to <laughs> participate <laughs> in that holiday. Um, but just returning to that that history of, of the sun um, as a marker of... Mm. of time mm-hmm. it's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah mm. it's our ultimate timekeeper i guess mm. <laughs> i mean the sun and the moon and the stars although it's well in the case of the sun we have a fairly good idea of when it's gonna burn out <laughs> which puts certain finite limits on a natural timepiece, <laughs> which is i find a little frightening Mm. Um, right that time will end eventually for us yeah yeah Yeah. it makes me wonder in in a setting like this like in a law school when we're exploring like multi-juridical spaces where you know there's multiple legal orders and then there's also people of different cultures and backgrounds like coming to it um 
if there would be a better way of dealing with time that doesn't just privilege the kind of North American, really fast, um, kind of very linear mode of time, mm -hmm. but still is professional. Like, why does professional have to mean that? That's true. That's a really interesting point. I always think of it in relation to productivity. Mm. Um, but then it's like, maybe it, it has a lot to do with like what you value mm -hmm. because you're still doing something with your time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do you value? <laughs> do you value like appreciating like the subtleties and things maybe? Or do you value like outputting something that's useful for whatever it is that you're doing? Yeah. Do you value that moment with your cup of coffee in the morning, you know, to have a moment of quiet? Or do you value the image, perhaps, of arriving somewhere on time? Yeah, I don't know. I struggle with that every morning. As you're saying that, I'm thinking of how our own bodies, like your own heart rate, doesn't have a, a natural or a set mm -hmm. rate, but it tracks time differently depending on what's going on in their life or in a specific moment mm. its own its own rhythm mm. um, changes mm -hmm. and there's kind of a something really cool about that to listen to what it's trying to tell us <laughs> yes and there's there's these ideas that like time can be divided into units and like that each of those units have a value but like when you're having a very different experience of the world like you're talking about what is the unit of time you know how do you measure that mm -hmm. you can't measure it by those same standards yeah exactly and then also i think when you look at time like cyclical rather than linear obviously that's like a mm -hmm. a big one and then it it also gets into this idea of like does time end if it's cyclical what you're saying about this acknowledgement that time is finite because we are mortal mm -hmm. and there's something very fundamental about talking about time that includes talking about our mortality mm -hmm. and it makes me like wonder in like which kind of societies like how that's viewed because in this western society where everything's like super fast paced um maybe we do kind of like see death coming and then it's like, well, get as much done as you can before it gets there. <laughs> Whereas, you know, like in maybe a more slow paced kind of society, I don't know, I guess it's not like discounting death, but it's like almost like using your time for yourself more maybe. Mm -hmm. As opposed to trying to meet some external idea of what your life should include before it's over. And then there's the Victoria buses. <laughs> <laughs> A, an excellent lesson in letting go of linear time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier, the relationship between time and mortality and how it's actually impossible to talk about time without talking about death mm. or the fact that we are mortal beings. Like our whole, the whole concept of time emerges because things begin and end. And if nothing began or, or ended, would there be a need to mark time? Would, there, would we have minutes or hours? Or um, would that just kind of be a superfluous idea because it's eternal well i'm thinking of like to, to expand the scale like with the universe at least current theories have don't don't have kind of an endpoint 
to the known universe. There's no, like we have fairly good idea of when the universe began and how many years in our time scale ago that was. Mm -hmm. But at present anyway, there's no kind of fixed endpoint or mm -hmm. we don't know enough about the behavior of the universe to know mm. kind of where it's going. Um, so I'm just, what you're saying about mortality or what to do in the face of something so big that we don't know whether or not it will, mm. it will end. It's just sort of strange. Mm -hmm. I think it allows us to be a little bit irresponsible. <laughs> like that <laughs> true true <laughs> it's like getting to be 21 forever yes. <laughs> or at least for a very 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 long time <laughs> true <laughs> no deadlines so to speak <laughs> yeah no urgency uh, what do you wish you had more time for um, i wish i had more time for myself i spend most of my time either working or working on schoolwork or attending classes. Yes. I don't spend a lot of time on my own doing my own thing. Sometimes I think about like if I could become a vampire, so I could, like be immortal, so I'd have like lots of time, and I'd be like, oh, I would like become like a pianist, and I'd spend like ten years of my immortal life just being a pianist, and it's like, why can't I just do that? It like, and yeah. not be immortal, just just do it. It's like, like, oh, as if, as if, if I become a vampire, I'm going to like actually do achieve all these goals because I got time to do it. And it's like, actually, maybe I would just do nothing for like a thousand years <laughs> and like sleep in for a thousand yeah. years. It's always like the excuse, you know, to like not do something. You're like, oh, I just don't have enough time to do that. Or like, you know, you're just like learning something new. It's like, oh, I don't have the time to do that. But, but it really has nothing to do with time. You just make time. Yeah. So I, I do think a lot about, like, this idea of, like, wasting other people's time. Mm -hmm. um, when you're late, there's, like, this kind of, it's true, like, you know, mm -hmm. maybe somebody's waiting for you and mm -hmm. they could be doing something else, mm -hmm. um, which is, like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to waste people's time. Time is also very precious. We don't know how much we have of it. Aww. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a very kind of conflictual thing. At work, I always feel um, anxious if I'm not super productive one day that it's like I'm letting somebody down, but I'm not. And I know that. But I sometimes feel like I waste time. But I mean, taking time for yourself during a work day isn't negative if anything it makes you more productive when you come back my dad had OCD and and part of like he never really accepted his handicap like he was missing leg and stuff so he was really obsessed with utilizing his time and energy like in an OCD way yeah and so any in-between moments were still like extremely structured to make the most like okay if we're gonna if we have an end point of like at the end of the day we have an appointment here we have to do mm -hmm. something here the whole day is about doing as many things before that mm -hmm. that you can do mm -hmm. and so sometimes yeah like if I've got something I need to do at the end of the day or there's something in there I'm like okay well if I've got to drive downtown then I pass mm -hmm. this place and this place and this place and I've got to get all this stuff done mm -hmm. and like do this and that and like generally that's not actually what happens yeah like I don't I don't function <laughs> you'll get maybe one of those things done <laughs> totally yeah. right but it's I definitely stress over like trying to utilize like I, I just am learning that my downtime is really my choice and that no one is going to judge like I don't give a shit no one gives a shit what I do with my downtime like no one in this world genuinely cares that much about what I do with my downtime as long as it's like healthy like yeah like no one is like concerned about it or thinking about it like oh I, I really wonder what Casey's doing in her downtime you know like even the people I think about like my mom or my dad or people that might have expectations for me they don't even care what I'm doing in my downtime. So that was something that I had to like teach myself or I am teaching myself to be like, you don't have to be productive in your downtime. I have morning guilt. I feel like I'm supposed to get up early and then I work overnights shifts. So I'm like constantly living in this, like, like I'll go downstairs at six o'clock at night 
and my roommates have like had a full day and I feel just like awful. I feel like a troll. <laughs> my morning time is always very rushed because I'm not a morning person and I probably wake up too uh, late or later than I should, I guess, for work because it's always very, very rushed and I never have enough time in the mornings. Um, I don't give myself enough time to have like a relaxed morning. How many morning people do we know? Like that's a rare thing, you know? So it's what you're talking about, I think is ubiquitous. Yeah. Okay. So don't feel bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, uh, yeah, I feel like it in the morning when I feel like that, I feel like it'll take a long time, but I also like perceive it to like, I don't really fully think about the whole day. So it seems like it's going to be a short day, but I know it's going to take forever. Mm -hmm. And then as I wake up, I realize it's not going to take forever, but it's not going to be a short day. Like sort of the experience of getting out of the tiredness or waking up part of the morning uh, sort of shifts that view. We considered that people do really function better or function differently in different parts of the day. Yeah. And to try and utilize that, to acknowledge that and, and utilize like, that. Like siestas, like the way they utilize siestas. In Nap like, times everywhere. We absolutely need napping Like and everyone just goes back to work and it's fine. Like yeah. it's not like, yeah, I think. But just like, because people yeah. function and use different parts of their day in different ways, right? Like some people yeah. are really good like at getting up first thing in the morning, getting everything done. And then they love to like do nothing all afternoon or yeah. vice versa, right? They want to take a super slow morning I, yeah. and then like power through the afternoon. And I think, yeah. And I think for me, nighttime is like, nighttime is my time. Like I feel the same. After like 6 p.m., I'm like, especially in the winter, I struggle to make plans after 6 p.m. to like go yeah. out. I'm like, this is my time. Like. I need to do things on my like schedule. Like if I want, it's really hard for me to go out, especially in the winter after like six or seven, I'm like, I'm inside now. Like I need to be, whereas like in the summer, I'm a little bit more like, I I like being outside in the nighttime, but I still get anxious about being out late. Enjoy, enjoy the time that you have. Um, be less rushed uh better yeah that's a that's a tough question i think yeah for me specifically it'd be to take more time on tasks rather than rushing to the next task um yeah, there's a lot of things to do in a day or in a year or whatever your goals may be, however long they aspire. But, um, you know, it happens one step at a time and enjoy the steps, I guess. But I just yeah. think about people living their whole lives, working their asses off, not understanding how to have free time, that, not understanding how to function within themselves, not understanding how to take that time for themselves to do what they love, to follow their passions, to follow their interests, to take to take self-care and then all of a sudden they retire and they're fucking old and they can't do shit. They have heart attacks. Right? That and then they just sit and they're miserable. They don't or they're they literally miserable don't know old how to people function. because they, they're just their bodies can't yeah. do it. I feel like that's when like time starts to feel when I start to panic about time is when my yeah. day is over and I'm like, what yes. happened today? And I feel I'm like, do you feel satisfied with your day? Like are you like are you content with ending your day and sometimes when I don't feel content it's like that's a bit of a hard thing when it comes to time I'm like you only have so much time you know like you have so many days or this many opportunities or like I don't know my I also grew up with a parent who like after when I was five he had been in a terrible car accident was like these are bonus years everything in my life is bonus years so he was so adamant that like you could die any second like it could just all be taken away from you And that you just had to be so grateful for every day you got, which is not wrong, but like to grow up with that mentality is very like, it can be, it can turn into fear. (laughs) 
I mean, I think that I'm like living it. <laughs> I do because mm-hmm. I think there was like um, a large part of my life, like up until I was 23, I just like there was enjoyable parts of my life, but I didn't, life wasn't something I felt like I was allowed to enjoy. And like, it was something that like, I always thought I would survive, that I wouldn't enjoy it. And that I wouldn't have a lot of time just because like, I wasn't healthy. And like, I was beginning to get sick and like, I had like pre-diabetes and things like that. Like, and then like taking control of that and realizing like how much life is left in my world. And I'm just like, I'm like, fuck yeah, like you're here and like you're living it and like you have a community and you have people and you're getting to this point where like, like I never understood women in their thirties, like why it was so awesome. I'm like, cause you're just like so sure of yourself. Like I'm not like, I don't have these, like, I'm not encumbered by like what people think of me. Like I really, that's fall fallen away to a degree that like I never thought it would. Mm-hmm. And that's so cool. And I'm like, that comes with time and experience and learning and being like, Oh, I actually don't care. I literally don't care what these random people have to think about me or anything like that. And I'm sure of myself and I feel like I have a direction and I like that and I'm able to, yeah, I'm living it. And I hope I'm always living the best moment of my life. Mm -hmm. I hope that that's, I don't want to look back and think, Oh, well the, the, my twenties were, should have been it. And they're not it. And now I'm not doing it either. Like I'm living it. I'm living it. We got to live it the best Mm -hmm. time of our lives. I feel like, uh, I've experienced time so differently throughout different, parts of my life um when I was going through drugs like like drug-induced psychosis I didn't believe that time existed and it was just made up I also didn't think that I existed for parts I read a piece recently talking about um the phrase to take one's time and how it sort of suggests that your time belongs to someone else or that to take your time or to be at ease or to means you have to take that. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? My favorite way to spend time is actually probably on a patio at a pub with friends in the summer, ideally in July. (laughs) Um, I think Most of us, especially professionals, potentially with family, uh, maybe sick parents, lots of siblings, needy friends, there's no question, I think if you want time for yourself to read a book, to go for a massage, to go to the gym, you have to carve that out. And it's too easy to cancel your yoga class or... Tonight I'm canceling my swimming lesson. I'm not going because of a paper. And it's it's much easier to do that than to maybe not edit your paper as much and go to your swimming lessons. So I think you do have to you do have to be mindful of it and take it. I've been trying to integrate like in, intentionality in when it comes to time, like in my day, just to be like, okay, you feel like you have a billion things to do and not enough time. So what do you want to do? And then be like, and then as I'm going through those day, those actions, like intentionally being aware and being like, I'm choosing to do this right now because I want to do this right now. And maybe I need to do it as well. But like, I'm going to like be in it and think about what I'm doing and experience it and not, and then I won't have those moments so much of like, oh, it went by so fast and I didn't get to enjoy it. Or like, oh my God, I just want it to be over. Like, I don't know what's going on or like, I'm not really in it. And like, everything is happening around me. And yeah. It feels a bit more settling when it comes to time. I feel like I chose to do this and be in this moment and experience it like in kind of my own authority. So quality time can, I guess it depends on who you define that with, if that's with yourself or with other people or certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting a good measure of all three of those and a good balance I think is important. Um, I think being more... Uh, like mindful of what you're doing or what you're experiencing it's like the whole like whatever stop and smell the roses sort of thing like take time for yourself like self-care um yesterday at work I was just staring at a computer 
all day doing paperwork and then I was like, you know what? I need to go for a walk because it's sunny and I need that. So I went for a short walk because I was like, I'm going to allow myself to take this time for myself. Like, and then this last semester, I only had three classes for a long time and like there was just so much more time and I almost like didn't know what to do with it. Like it was like really hard to motivate myself to do things just without that construct of like you have to do it or like you're scheduled to do these things. So it was definitely like, a learning experience trying to understand how to function within free time like time that's just yours which is hard I think some it's harder than <laughs> in a society that tells you like you're supposed to be doing something all the time what does it mean to be present present yeah oh it's a good question again oh. <laughs> <laughs> present um yeah I mean it's it's um, something I cherish because I mean I know I'm not gonna be around. No one's gonna be around for a lot. So I, I try to I try to be present. I don't know if I'm present all the time, so I try to be present in my life at least, and in other people's lives, and you know make change somehow for the better. Hopefully, yeah, that's what I try to do in my own small way, make change. <laughs> Like I went down to the ocean the other day, you know, we were talking about like having those yeah. mini vacations. I went and it actually felt like I was somewhere else. And I was, the, you know, my feet were in the ocean, the wind was hitting me, you know, music was in my ear. And I had that moment of pure like time stops. It's blissful. I'm in like this super relaxing time doesn't exist place. And um, yeah, it's like and I all I could think of was, you know, when I was in Cuba. And I had those feelings that I'd had in Cuba, research, but I wasn't in Cuba. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to travel, but it's kind of like this nice circular experience of again and again, the best moment of my life, you know. What does it mean to you to be present? To think a little bit less. When things don't have like an end point, Mm -hmm. When I don't have something somewhere to be or something to do, very satisfying. It's so like, uh, like I feel like I, I have like the world. Actually, my grandma told me something interesting the other day. She said that as she's gotten older, she started to like forget things that have happened in the last ten years, five years, mm -hmm. year, month, day, whatever. Yeah. But her memories of her childhood mm -hmm. when she's really little um, have started to come back really vividly. Mm. And that she's kind of re-experiencing parts of her childhood that she did not know existed in a way. Mm. Like, really vivid memories. And I thought, I just thought that that was really cool because, I mean, because you were talking, I was thinking of, like, the idea that, like, you're always, like, kind of in the best time of your life or that, like, you're always, like, aiming to be the best version or, like, kind of this idea that it's so circular, that it's not linear, that, like, mm -hmm. really you're just... Like you're having those peaks and valleys of experiences, but n it doesn't, there's not one to say that one's better or worse, right? It's not like this yeah. line graph where it's going up and down and that's it, right? Yeah. And like you have to put the best moments on one side on the, this list and worst moments in this list. like Exactly, yeah. And this idea that it really comes all back around. That like as your life is ending, you're remembering these beautiful things from your childhood. Yeah. Like you might, you know, have a flashback to like, your grandma giving you a bath and washing your hair when you were three. And you feel know that. You can really feel it. Yeah. yeah. And and just, you know, there is no best time of your life when you're re-experiencing them in different ways again and again yeah. and again. I think back to, like, my big traveling days. And I would, like, I often think, like, oh, those were, like... The most incredible times. Yeah, that was really cool when I was going traveling a lot. Yeah. And, like, but you think back to those experiences and you re-experience it and you rephrase it. It's really cheesy, but I always say like that like the best friend I'm ever gonna have should be myself because like I'm gonna spend the most time with her. Like, so yeah, I don't look at my thing as like the best. Like, do I have great times in the summer? Like, like yeah, like I I do want to like appreciate the the moments that I'm living in, big or small, or happy or sad or hard or shit. like I want to be living in those moments. This episode of Play on Words was produced by me, Katie Denslow, with help from Cody O'Neill, Kelty Jean, Chris Rogela, and Diana Draker. Our executive producer is Mary Decker. And Play on Words is made possible by the Community Radio Fund of Canada and the BC Gaming Society. If you like what you heard, tune in next week and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'd like to give a special thanks to everyone who shared their thoughts about time with us for this episode. And I hope you enjoyed listening. Don't know how to say it, making it not sound weird. That is a common critique I get is that I'm not a finisher. I'm an okay public speaker, but then when things end, I just go, "Mm, okay, that's the end. Goodbye. (laughs) So. Hey, give me your ear. Let's, uh, let's pull back the curtain for a minute and check out behind the scenes of CFUV's podcasts. Hey, my name is Sarah Solomon, and I am the producer of Taking Up Space here at CFUV. I really didn't know what was in store. There's script writing, there's um, volunteers to coordinate, there's um, finding the people to interview, finding a story that's going to be interesting to you, the listener. Let me say I fit two minorities. I am ethnic, (laughs) I'm brown, and then I am a woman. So um, definitely I faced a little bit of prejudice in my life, um, but these were still really heavy topics, you know, sexuality, gender, um, race, class, religion, you know, all these, all these things that make up intersectional feminism, it's, it's really difficult to approach. And I think that's why a lot of people don't get into it. A lot of people stray away from those really heavy topics because there's so many places to say the wrong thing, to do the wrong thing. Um, even if you are well-intentioned and you want to help. So my goal for these podcasts that we created was that they were really accessible um, that anybody could come in with any background of knowledge and really get to um, take away something once you've listened to the hour. But I've met so many people through this podcast that have worked their way through like the the big points. And now they're really um, finessing their opinions on these topics. And you get really nuanced, really intelligent conversation um, that I definitely learned a lot from. I did never consider myself an ignorant person, but I learned so much through these interviews that we did and these stories that we told. Um, so that's another another thing that I didn't expect, especially I've lived in Victoria my entire life and I've never seen a lot of crazy stuff that happens. Um, so I was, I was hesitant about really focusing on Victoria and its residents because I was thinking, you know, what stories do we have to tell? And let me tell you, there are stories and then more stories. <laughs> If you like this episode, you'll love All Access's episode on noise music, which pushes the boundaries of what music is.